TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. What's going on, everyone? Joe Cameron and John Rich. It is uh, 94 WIP. Great to be with you off and rolling this Wednesday morning. Well, Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni's press conference from yesterday in the books. We will react to it, play a lot of audio through the show of what Howie and Nick said about the Birds. Flyers, they win last night. Sixers, they lose, and they end up losing bad in Boston. We'll do some Phil stuff. Ruben Amaro will be in studio with us later on the show. A lot to do, all of it with you from the phone lines, although we will talk to Elliot Shore Parks from the Combine. Again, so much at 215-592-9494. Rich Rich. Joe. Hello there, bud. Caffeine is a natural pesticide. Caffeine, the stuff that... I have begun to drink now. now Welcome I'm aboard. 49 years old. Finally, yeah, an adult. Unlike Joe, not yet an adult, a caffeine adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> caffeine, I did it briefly. caffeine actually affects mosquitoes, and, and they're young. It affects their ability to be coordinated. It affects their appetites, you know, the, the tiny little larva. So it is an effective pesticide. Well, and there there it is. Another reason to I be like grateful it. for caffeine. Get yeah. rid of those mosquitoes. Thank I, you, caffeine. Yeah, right. Let's, a magical elixir. Let's talk about effectiveness. Was it effective yesterday by Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni in their public present presentation of <laughs> here's who we are, here's what we believe in, here's what we do, here's what we're going to do. Look, I want to hear from everyone at 215-592-9494. We're going to play... Tons of audio from the press conference through the show. Obviously, you can react to last night's Sixers and Flyers games. Divergent um, results, to say the least, in those two games. But, you know, we'll start, we'll start with the press conference from yesterday, which was highly anticipated from our end. I'd say in some ways it fell flat because we didn't get a ton of answers. But I, I, ha- I have a specific thought of my main reaction. But, John, I want to hear from you first. And I want to hear from everyone at 215-592-9494. John, what hit you the most from that yeah. press conference yesterday as it relates – I mean, look, oh. obviously it's in part to the, the past of the Eagles, but what really matters now is the future of the Eagles. You can't change the past. You can only learn from it. The future of the Eagles, what what shaped in your mind based on what you heard? What hit me the most, and it was a question that wasn't asked, and I get it. I, I guess it's uh, why Nick Sirianni. You know, that, that coming away from the very first press yeah. conference of the season, uh, I, I know that sounds negative, but uh, – but I, I did want to have a better idea in my mind after this interview, you know, exactly why he's still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew it might not be awe-inspiring. You know, this is not, this is not Nick's area of greatest expertise, you know, public speaking. We figured that, that uh, we figured how he would be well, you know, well-spoken and he would sound uh, like he had a plan. And, and that's exactly what it sounded like. Nick was problematic, and it you, you couldn't help asking yourself, why is this guy, the coach, uh, my worst fears still remain? You know, after yesterday, I, I wish I had more answers. I wonder, coming away from that press conference, do players like Nick 
because he's a good coach? Do players like Nick because they respect him? Do players defend Nick uh, to no end because he's easy? He's a push, uh, pushover? Uh, or because he's a good coach and they admire the the, the X's and O's that, that he puts out there and, and gives them the ability to excel. Uh, do they respect Nick? I can't say it filled me with confidence yesterday uh, that right out of the gates, Nick tells us they're still trying to put their finger on exactly what went wrong. Yeah, that was a little surprising that he indicated like they're still doing the review. And it's they're like, still in the process <laughs> of analyzing the drop-off. <laughs> I, I was I was frustrated by that too. I mean, I mean, theoretically, John, there could be a study that takes two months to to do. But come on, guys. I mean, it's 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 March first in two days. Free agencies in two weeks. He like, said he doesn't want to give go. us a premature answer on that. I'm not worried about that part. I thought the same thing. Uh, yeah, it, he said they're committed to getting it better. I I just I hate how everything is so vague with Nick, and this has been my problem all along. I know I I have not been a player. I have not been coached by Nick. I don't know what it feels like if these if if these concepts are being communicated to me properly or not. But that's my biggest issue. If I were one of his players, if things were put to me the way he's putting them, what would I do with it? You know, in regard to leadership, we're told they've talked to Jalen about his leadership style. You know, is this coach, Nick Sirianni, the right coach to explain the nuances of leadership to our young quarterback? who is moldable and impressionable. Is Nick Sirianni doing a great job of guiding Jalen into becoming a great leader? That's a major part of Nick's job. So when you listen to Nick talk about leadership yesterday, it doesn't sound like he nails it in a way that if I'm Jalen, I insta- I, I better understand what's expected of me as a leader. You know, th- just reading from, from what he said yesterday, so Jalen needs to know – needs to lead how he needs to lead, right? And A.J. Brown needs to lead how he needs to lead, whoever it is. Slay's got to lead however how he needs to lead because that's leadership, right, is being who you are and leading by example. At the end of the day, if you're leading by example, that's a great style of leadership. So Jalen needs to lead how he needs to lead, and I think he's done a great job of doing so. And he'll just get, like he has done in other things, he'll get better at that part of his game, and he'll get better just because I know he'll continue to work on getting better, no matter what part of the game he needs to work at. Ser- seriously? I-, I don't think that's clear. I-, I really don't think that's clear. I understand the work part. I-, I-, I appreciate the work part. Do you think that Jalen is getting a clear and concise idea of exactly what's expected of him as a leadership, as put by Nick Sirianni? Well, to be I fair, don't okay. know the answer. So to be f- I don't feel confident okay, in the answer. Fair enough. I'll, I'll say this, though. To be fair, I didn't expect Howie or Sirianni to give you a chapter and verse on exactly how they feel Hurts can be a better leader. I understand. Or, or a better player. I, 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 went, I went in with that That's, expectation. I, no, I, and and I didn't expect a deep dive. Are you saying that but you that this you comes back to my problem? Are, this circles back to my problem. The biggest problem: How do the players feel about Nick Sirianni? Do the players respect Nick Sirianni as a coach? No, I know. What you, so I, here's what I think you're saying. I think what you're saying is in the private room when cameras aren't rolling, does Sirianni have it in him to properly lead Jalen Hurts on how to lead? 
I think he's also saying, does Jay, will Jalen Hurts even look to Nick Sirianni for leadership? Like, do, well, can this guy do that? Well, that's, well, that's when, the when point. You, you, got... look, you look to the guy if you believe in the guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what, John, what you're saying a... is a lack of belief in, her, in Sirianni or, or, lack of or belief question. In Sirianni. And, and yeah. every player, every player on this roster and every player who's going to arrive into town, they, they have to understand the dynamic, too. Who do they go to with their football questions? I'm sure not all the football questions are exclusively directed to Nick Sirianni any longer. Now you got both coordinators. Now you got Howie Roseman. Now you got Jeffrey Lurie. I, we don't know how they fit in. This is such a complicated puzzle. All right, so look, we want to hear from you at, at 215-592-9494 on, on your biggest takeaway or takeaways from yesterday's press conference. And, again, we're going to play a lot of the audio throughout the show. I will tell you my biggest takeaway – was and I'll give it to you in three words. I'm so conflicted. I listen to these guys talk, and obviously we've been hearing them for years. I mean, how we've been hearing for over a decade. Sirianni, we've been hearing now for for three years. And I, I listened yesterday, and I'm just so conflicted. And and here's the conflict within me. So the negative is I'm well aware, as we all are, of the crash and burn, which was epic to end the season. I did not think and I was very clear about it publicly I did not think Sirianni should be back as the head coach I found aspects of yesterday's press conference frustrating Uh, I thought there were some answers from Sirianni that got meandering that make me question when he is privately with the guys is he meandering with them also hold on hold on on. meandering is 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 exactly what he is yeah there is no substance whatsoever there are questions. I don't agree with, don't agree with that. There, yeah. Okay, there's questions that fair. need answered. I need to know a lot more. Uh, yesterday, hey, tell us exactly what went wrong. They still don't know. They're examining well, it. Hold well, on. The issues that must be avoided in the future. You know, like just give us an idea. You failed massively down the final stretch. Give us an idea that you know what you need to do to, to right the ship. Well, too, hold do you, on. Do you, hold too, on. Too, okay, but. Uh, hold on. Okay. He said, maybe we leaned a little bit more into one category of our core values. Connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. Maybe at times I felt like I leaned maybe a little more into one and not enough into the other. If I'm a player and I'm searching for answers from last year and that's what my coach is providing for the answer for what went wrong last year, I don't know. I don't know any better I don't. I don't understand any better what went wrong last year. Nick Sirianni. I. I. I know he. Uh, he appreciates teachers. He loves the fact that you know he comes from a long line of teachers. This is what he does. Is he teaching these guys well enough? Like, well, is he getting his message okay, so across here, here, well enough? Here's where I think you're being unfair. And again, everyone can weigh in on all this at two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Here's where I think you're being unfair to Sirianni on this one, John. He never yesterday said, we fired Sean Desai, we fired Brian Brian Johnson, we fired Matt Patricia. But you know what they did? They fired all three guys. Now, technically, Patricia's contract. He would say, I fired. No, but but, but here's the the point. For what went wrong, they gave us an answer with what went wrong, with who they did not retain, and there was a 0% chance that in in addressing yesterday what went wrong, he was going to say, you know what? The coordinators did a bad job, and so we canned all their asses. Their actions told us what went Correct. wrong. Correct. That now look, was it more than just that? Yes. Sirianni's role within the offense was a problem. 
he's still here. The problem is when when you do this, when you say, hey, your actions are what was wrong, and the players know what happened behind closed doors, the players know who's culpable and who's not, who's more culpable, who's less culpable, when the rumors are like, hey, Desai didn't deserve what he got, like that's a real problem. Well, so look, the players were in a tough spot and perhaps still are as it relates to last year, as it relates to Desai and all that. I'll say this. The biggest thing for me was conflict because, and I'm talking about my reaction yesterday, the negative is I know last year was a crash and burn. I didn't think Sirianni should be back. I was frustrated at times yesterday listening. I agree with John. It wasn't like we exactly got, you know, all the answers or anywhere near all the answers we wanted. Um, in many ways, in, in many ways, we got sort of no real answers. And that's annoying. The positive side, though, within the conflict for me is this. I listen to Howie Roseman. And, and I, I remind myself to remember that this guy's an exceptional general manager. Like, he is. Not he was. He is. I believe that. I believe in Howie. So when I hear him talk, even though he wasn't going to spill the beans, I say to myself, this is a GM I believe can get the Eagles back on track. When I hear Sirianni talk, conflict really rains on me on Sirianni. Because on one hand, on one hand, the answers are meandering. I, like John, do wonder whether he has it in his bag to be able to turn this thing around. But I also know as a head coach in pro football, he has made the playoffs three years in a row. All three years he's been a coach. When I hear him talk, I'll give you, here's the here's the ultimate conflict for me yesterday. And he'll tell you, when, hey, look, we, we were coming out of the greatest culture any of us have ever seen. Right. But can you get back to that culture? Well, Do you know how to get back to that culture? I don't think I've been provided answers. I don't think I've been provided like an inkling that you know how to identify what went wrong or how to get back to that beautiful place yeah. that we felt this team was automatically going to stay in. Here's the ultimate, ultimate bullseye conflict for me yesterday, and we'll play this audio as we move through it, but he referenced many times his five core values, many times. And on one hand, I say to myself, man, this might be getting real stale for the players. Like, maybe they connect, uh, accountability, like, Maybe the players after three years in the locker room are like, you know what, coach, enough. All right? Because, look, if he said it that many times in a 15-minute press conference yesterday, you can, so you can only imagine how many times he says it in a season, let alone three. Totally. And so, it's also so, something that can, can get stale quickly because it's like compete. Yeah, right, compete. Right, I get it. Right, yeah, we're right. supposed to compete. Exactly. Like, it's not like groundbreaking, profound stuff. Correct. Here. So, on one hand, I wonder if the message got stale, like and, if that's, and, and if that's part and of the I reason. Guys resent. And it. if that's part of the reason yes. down the stretch, they they struggled. They didn't respond to his thing. But I do say to myself, James, I hear you on compete. Okay, but you know what? Accountability does matter a freaking ton. It's not a bad core value to have. It's not a bad trait to want to lean into as a, as an entire organization so to me i have conflict on that one then i'll address her hold on hold on yeah. the accountability thing yep. the the word was the accountability fell by the wayside and well, that's part of the problem maybe that's it, part of the dissolution maybe it things. did maybe it didn't i mean marcus well, hayes's report yesterday the, i never expected it was reported that many players felt it was reported that two players Spoke to Marcus yeah, Hayes. And I'll say this. If any player on that roster did not think that player one and player 53 were going to be treated different, then they had their head up their ass. 
Because they are treated different. On every team on in every the team. NFL. On every team. So, you know, I don't put a ton into that. And listen, I'll say this regarding Hurts. You know, yesterday for me was a reminder hearing, look, you guys know I've been very down on Hurts. I've been very down. I've been very clear about that. But listening to Sirianni speak yesterday, it was a great reminder for me that I do believe Hurts will dig in to try to get a hell of a lot better. Like, we shouldn't lose sight of that, even if he lost his way for 12 months or three months or whatever the heck. I didn't lose sight of that. Jalen Hurts is... A we didn't know, well, but a lot of people minded. did. A lot of people did. A lot of people did. Coach type no, guy. I don't, like, I don't give a damn about is... son of a coach. I, what I care about is a guy. All we talked about was Captain Intangible for the well, first two years of this right. guy's career. That's right. That's what he's best at. Like the intangible stuff. Well, like the the whole leadership. That's why this whole leadership thing. It's it's crazy. I can't believe it's got. Well, I don't it. think it's crazy because there's a difference between him improving his game. And him improving his relationship with teammates. He can improve his leadership just like two different, he, he can two different include, things. He can improve his game. It's just that it doesn't seem like it's possible that he could have gotten so far from the mark. So far from the mark. Well, so Carson quickly. did. Okay. Carson's right? a completely different well, person. Right, but and Carson fell apart in so many ways did. that we weren't aware. All right, look, we'll, we'll take your reaction to all of this. Howie and Sirianni yesterday. Again, we'll play audio coming up next throughout the hour, throughout the show. But. But what do you make of what they said, what they didn't say, how they presented themselves, and ultimately, what do you make of the future of the Eagles based on what you heard and based on what you perceive the Eagles to be as an organization? 215-592-9494. Those phone call, your phone calls on all this stuff, plus the Sixers and Flyers and more. Reuben at 7, Joe DeCameron, John Ritchie, it's 94WIP. Here's what's happening at Borgata. Don't miss out on the action at Borgata's Poker Room, where great cards, lucky seats, and high hands Bring excitement to every player. Open seven days a week. Excitement is waiting. You are only miles away from your happy place. Experience award-winning restaurants, exciting bars, and live music, big-name entertainment, and a spacious casino filled with your favorite slots and table games. The TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic, the step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Well, great to be with you on this Wednesday morning. Look, we don't get many chances in the offseason to react to what the Eagles say publicly because they don't say much publicly. But yesterday was one of those days. Sirianni was more of the giving tree of information and perspective, I think, than Howie was. Howie was much more down the middle, as you would expect him to be. That's his track record. Sirianni can be verbose. He can he can tell you stuff. Uh, he can double down on what he's told you before, as he indicated yesterday. He can triple down. Let's listen to what he said yesterday. He was asked a question about his relationship with his players. Now, we'll give you two pieces of audio here. Then we'll get right to the phones. You can react to all of this. Asked yesterday about his relationships, his relationship with his guys. You go through, like, any time you go through a season, whether it's successful in your eyes or whether it's not successful in your eyes, you look on ways, opportunities to get better. And 
I, my job is to talk to every single player, and, and, and I've done that, talk to every single coach, what went right, what went wrong, what's your and, – and, and you, you take that into account. You take everything into account, and you try to get better at, at, doing, those, at, at doing those things. I think connection is the, our number one core value, and um, we – there were things that we as a team, myself, didn't do a good enough job of last year. Right, maybe we leaned a little bit more into one category of our core values: connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. Maybe I, at times I felt like I leaned maybe a little bit into one and not enough into the other. Now, John, you had referenced that earlier. Does that bother you? That answer? Yes. Why? Because it just sounds like the na 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 na. You know, like the like you, like my hands mm-hmm. are making talking sounds on either side of my mouth right now. Nah, 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 drolling on. If it sounds that way to us, holy cow, I promise those guys in the offensive meeting room, in the team meeting room, they're doing the same thing. They're rolling their eyes, whether they're actually rolling them or not. So people can I wa- see them. I wonder that. I will say, I mean, as a, as a sports talk show host and an Eagles fan, when Sirianni, and it was probably five or six times yesterday, listed the five, you know, things, the five characteristics of core values, it, I rolled my eyes. So I, I yeah. agree with you. The players might be rolling their eyes. But I, let's listen to more Sirianni because he continued on. We're not that far removed from having one of the best cultures, uh, you know, that any of us had ever been been around. And, and that's, you know, our players would say that. Our coaches would say that. And it's just some tweaks that we need to do. But make no mistake about it. The things that, like, you can change how you communicate uh, your culture. You can change little ways that way you do it with it. Um, but – at the forefront, we're never going to change what it, what the culture is. Connect, compete, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. And we have the right coaches in here uh, to do it, and we have the right players in here to do it um, because we have good people in that in this building. Do you have the right plan to do it? Just some tweaks we need to do. What are the tweaks? Do you know the tweaks that you need to do that you're just so close to? You're just so close to this culture. Everyone will agree that everyone felt it. Yes, we saw it. We saw the results. You went to the Super Bowl. You had a chance to win a world championship because that culture was so complete. It's not now. So I, by I, the way, I, I think you're focusing on the wrong thing, John. I really do, actually. Hold on. You, that culture, can this coach replicate that culture? Well, that, I think yeah. that's an interesting question. Well, it is. Does he command that level of respect any longer? I, I don't think it's as simple as you, you, you think – uh, hey, the, the players want to believe in him, so they just will. Like, you think players still feel the same way about Nick Sirianni that they did when they were in the Super Bowl, especially now that so much has changed. Now the narrative, holy cow, Nick needs Big Dom there to keep him from fighting players on the sideline. That's how this devolved by the end of the season. That's a far cry from highly functional, it is. the greatest culture that anyone's ever been around. Well, so again, I'll say this. I am conflicted on this. I want to hear from everyone at 215-592-9494. I mean, I think for me, the $64,000 question looking back is how did the culture get so bad? But I will admit this. Maybe it's not as bad as we perceive. Maybe they just played so bad because their scheme was so bad on offense and their talent was so bad on defense. And maybe everyone just got frustrated with that. I mean... You, you know, I'll just I'll put it I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. I think there are aspects of Sirianni to still believe in. I hope the guys still believe in him, but I don't know if they do. You think there and are I, aspects of Sirianni to still believe in? Yes. What are those aspects? 
that he puts a premium on trying to have a good locker room. John, uh, let me he let me defends his players in public. He, he has his, their back, that type of stuff. He's willing to make changes if if need be. I mean, now not every time he didn't change the offense last year, but they did Compliant. just Compliant. Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, they did just blow out three coordinators. Maybe it's his call. It's probably how he's called. But I, I, let me put it this way, John. You said something interesting about two minutes ago about, uh, I don't have the exact phrase you said, but something along the lines of you, you're wondering if, if, if Sirianni and they, as a, as a group, if, if Sirianni and Howie know what needs to be done to change things. And where I feel that that is, I mean, look, I wonder it too. I'll say that. But I don't wonder it as much as you. They're about to change a lot. Like, for all we know, Darius Slay might be off the team because they think he's a pain in the butt. Right. Even no, though he's a, a good player. A new influx of completely so, new faces right. who didn't see anything that happened last year. Yeah. It does change them. I mean, like, how do you change? Like, they're, let's, they're counting on that change to yeah. be a big part of what helps them. He, here are culture changes I could see the Eagles looking to implement but not announcing yesterday. We're going to push Hurts harder. We're going to have Sirianni tone it way the hell down in his private interactions with players. We're going to kick Darius Slay off the team if we determine that the way he conducts himself privately with guys is fest. And I don't know this to be true. I'm just speculating. I want to be clear. Is festering a culture of, of non-belief amongst players and coaches. Speculation. But I wonder if they are about to bring the ax down on some dudes That'll signify to us when free agency's done and draft is done. You know what? The Eagles, they knew they had a problem. They looked in the mirror and they made changes. Well, it doesn't sound like James Bradbury is getting. You know what? But, so sir, but, but how he wasn't. What was he going to say? Was he going to get rid of Bradbury? Bradbury? Come on. He's in our, you, he's in our plans. Do you think we're in a world where that could be? Like where, where Bradbury would be gone and Bradbury no. is an Eagle? I think Bradbury's gone. I think he's gone in two weeks. And I think Howie Roseman, when he said he's in our plans yesterday, what he didn't tell you is the end of the sentence is he's in our plans for two more weeks. All right, let's go to the phones. There is a lot to react to. 215-592-9494. Where do you come down on all this? Gary and Whitehall kicking us off. Hi, Gary. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well, Gary. John, I love your analysis, and uh, keep it going. Because, you know, you give us a broader perspective because you've been there. And that's what I, I mean. Me personally, I love it. So keep it going. Well, this is a really exciting time of year, Gary. Really yeah. thrilling. The the idea of being at the combine, Indianapolis. I man, I have great memories. I just feel warm and tingly uh, watching those guys up there at the podium. This is so much action right now. Yeah, um, the culture's lost because there's no accountability, there's no discipline, and there's no respect. Well, I mean, Gary, that's a lot in there. I mean, how do you know that to be true? They don't hold anybody accountable for their actions on or off the field. There's no discipline for any of their actions on or off the field. And they don't respect the coach. Now, if that's something that he prefers them to call him Nick, that's on him. Come on. Well, hold on, Gary. To be to be fair, when the season was crumbling and really after the year, other than Jalen's very um, weak endorsement of Sirianni when the season was over, I would say everybody else that I heard speak publicly were very praiseworthy of Sirianni. I'm talking about the players of of him. Like 
sure, they're not going to rip him because they play on his team. But I thought they went out of their way to compliment him. I really yes. did. And I, I, and I have no doubt that the players like him. They like to play for him. But the, the question is, why is that? Is it because they know he will always defend them regardless? Does it be because they know they can't get in trouble if he's going to intercede and say, hey, you know what? With those bombs at the end of that game, uh, that was me. I was trying to do something there. That, that wasn't those guys. Right. They weren't messing around making mistakes. Really? I mean, like, he is the ultimate player's coach, and then some, and I'm positive the players like that. So so is that a problem? They like it so much that they want to keep him around for the wrong reasons. I don't know, and again, it's speculation. Yeah, it I, but again, I came away from yesterday just wondering – is this the best guy to take this well, team forward, I wonder to take too. our quarterback yeah. forward? The way that he speaks, it doesn't give me confidence. Does it give our team confidence? Can it yeah. give our team the right confidence it needs? All right, what Howie Roseman said about Hassan Reddick. We'll get to that audio and a lot more up ahead next. Your phone calls as well. Your reaction to yesterday's press conference, plus the Sixers and Flyers. All that and more on 94 WIP. I am so glad I replaced my windows with Window Nation a few years ago. Notice that... The difference in my energy bills, and when it was actually cold out, I noticed that the drafts were not coming through my windows. You will notice this as well, and it's time to fight the cold with quality replacement windows from Window Nation. This month only, replace your windows and save big with 50% off on all window styles, plus an additional 10% off through the end of the month. Act now. This offer is in addition to the zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months offer. With proven quality and service, it is no wonder thousands of homeowners, including myself, have trusted Window Nation for their homes, and you can too. 50% off, zero down, now an additional... Yeah, I wonder how, you know... What you make of what happened yesterday with Howie and Nick as it relates to the past, as it relates to the future, what do you see up ahead? Joe DeCamera, John Ritchie, 94 WIP. And I'll tell you one thing I see, John, is the Sixers better get Joel Embiid back because otherwise they got no shot. Holy mackerel. Well, the Celtics are pretty the, the incredible. The Sixers were looking promising last yeah, night. Uh, like, they got close. Yeah, and until, you know. That always happens, though. Always. Yeah, exactly. Three quarters, all right. And then it's like fall apart and lose by 20. Do you know why, Jess? It was, it was so they're not good enough. They're well, not good yeah, enough. but there's a different. Yeah, that is right. That's one answer. The other answer is because in the sport of basketball, yeah, when you want to apply yourself and really try your hardest, a.k.a. what the Celtics did in the fourth quarter, you can. Mm-hmm. And then you take a close game, and then you make it a not close game. See it in the regular season all the time. A million times. There was What's no, there was no doubt Buddy in my mind. Healed. You know, like, Buddy. He's not as good as he was the first four games. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's that what it is. He's just, you know, they got him. Yeah. Like, there's a reason they got him for nothing. Like, I overshot <laughs> with my estimation of how great he could be and fill in. He is no what he is. No one can fill in yeah. this, this hole. Like, this hole is Joel Embiid shaped. This is only Joel Embiid yeah, can it's, it's fill this. Yeah. And last night was rough. It was close. It was. What thirty to thirty at the end of the first quarter? Oh my god! But then <laughs> it's like it's like it was one to one after the first inning, and they lost ten one. Like come at on. the end of the look, the second half they come out and it's like sixteen straight points for the Celtics. There was a point uh, late in the game where again they just went on a terrible run that felt like we could do nothing to to stymie. 
nothing to stifle. It was just point after point pouring them in, and, yeah. and two two major runs that that gave them that. Look, edge. you guys know I just don't think the Sixers are even close to good enough, even if they get Embiid. I'll say this: if they get Embiid, they are close to good enough. They're absolutely close so. to good enough. And you got great news yesterday that end of March he should be able to come back, getting back and back into shape, yeah, ready to I go. Mean, he will be at peak performance when it matters most. With this great well, new group of you know well, surrounding characters. Well, they're not a great group. That's the problem. They're, well, they're... not without Joel. Well, here, here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to give you five facts from last night's game, and then we'll get right to the phones. But but consider these realities. Number one, the Sixers had a starter that scored six points, Buddy Heald. They had a starter that scored three points, Kyle Oubre. They had a starter that scored zero points, Paul Reed. And the two players that played the most minutes off the bench yesterday for the 76ers, Kyle Lowry, three points, and Batum, three points. I mean, that's a disaster. Because that's five guys that did nothing last night. And that's just those five. I'm not even talking about some of the other guys. You when are you say, getting to Tobias? Yeah, he's just... <laughs> I mean, it's Tobias. painful. It is painful. Yeah. It's painful. The drop-off hurts when we need it, does. it most. It, it, mm. it does hurt a lot. All right, your reaction to the 76ers, what you saw last night, obviously. Look, as John said, there is... Um, you know, some growing optimism that, that MB can be back and can be back in late March, which would be tremendous. They desperately need him, as anybody that ever watches any of these games totally knows. All right, let's go to the phones. Plus, Howie and Sirianni, what they said. We'll get to Howie on Reddit coming up shortly. Josh and Maniac right now. What's up, Josh? Boys, the Sixers are a joke, let's be honest. I mean, that, that game, you know, you have one team that actually plays, and the other team it just, like, shows up, and that's what the Sixers are. I mean, you got regular season MB, MVP and beat on the bench, and then you got a bunch of guys that – they're just cashing in. This is why the NBA is so uninteresting. Like, you get to the playoffs, it's a different season. So, Josh, I actually see it largely different. I don't think they're just cashing in. I think they just stink. They're all, I mean, there's still, a reason like, the Miami Heat wanted to get rid of Kyle Lowry and then the other team. Like, the, these guys aren't good. They're not good players. No, they're not. And and they don't care. And, and this is why the NBA, they don't show up. And come nah, time, well, don't Listen, I think you're conflating issues. Paul Reed is not a good NBA basketball player. He started for the 76ers last night in a game against a team with the best record in the Eastern Conference. What did you expect? Well, you expect more, but then again, this is is Philadelphia. This is why Embiid is so so valuable to the team. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't think he's coming back. I think the season's shot. You're going to get to a point where they're losing enough games. They're like, you know what? We're not going to do this play-in thing. Well, they will do that. Well, yeah. Look, the good news is they're they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, expect it. They're going to be in the play-in. They're they're going to be the seven or the eight seed. Maybe it's the nine. I got to look it up. But they're going to be. I think it's seven or eight. They're going to be the seven or the eight seed. And he, which is an important distinction for what it's worth. If you're going to make the play-in, be the seven or eight. You know, because you get two chances at it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Let's get excited, okay? Real quick, on, on Sirianni. <laughs> Man, I mean, that, that was great sarcasm. That was perfect timing. Yeah. They suck. Um, uh, Sirianni, uh, of course the players love to play for him. They practice for like 45 minutes, and then they get to shower Locking. and be cool. Yeah. And, and then we can't and we can't tackle and make plays during, during, during the regular season. Yeah. Uh, guys, like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, they took their time. This, I don't know, man. This offseason, it scares me for Philadelphia. I think... I think Philadelphia's in trouble. I think Serie A's got this, like, grace period for, you know, six months, and then when the season gets started, oh, boy, oh, boy. I think I think Reddick's going to walk. I really do. Uh, and I think Howie won't draft the linebacker. But real quick, I'm headed down to uh, Clearwater Friday. What spot is it go to to see Saturday's game against the Twins? 
in Clearwater. You looking to drink? I have a good time, yes. Yeah, libations will definitely be All right, to be clear, you can drink anywhere in the ballpark, but obviously the big spot is out in left field at the bar. Okay. Yeah. So if, if, if you've not been, yeah, if you've not been there, there's a tiki bar in left field, and that's the okay. biggest party area in the ballpark. With the greatest game. bartenders, Pam, Tommy, they will take phenomenal care of you. You will have a blast out there. That's where you want to be. I, I I will wear my WIP T-shirt that I got a couple of years ago, and, and speak very highly of everybody. So Dan, Tommy, and that's that's the crew. How are you? They they're they've been there like forever. They're so much fun to hang yeah, with. Yeah, they're good. They're good peeps. Josh, good phone call, my man. Appreciate that. All right, let's listen to to what Howie said on Reddick. I think Reddick will be gone. There's nothing that I heard yesterday that infused me with confidence on, you know, him likely to be back. But, I mean, obviously it's still possible. Um, but I tend to think he'll be gone. Howie obviously will ultimately make that decision. Here's Howie Roseman yesterday discussing Hassan Reddick. Howie, can you give us an update on uh, Hassan Reddick? Where, where are things with Hassan's report? He was allowed to seek a trade. Do you expect him to be back next year? Well, I'd say this. Uh, Hassan, obviously, unbelievable player for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, local kid, great success story. Camden, Temple, Philly. Um, love having Hassan. I think that you know anything that you're trying to do, um, you're trying to blend, obviously, what you're trying to do this year and, and how you're going to look in the future. And I think that's the hardest job. But um, certainly, you know, don't want to get into any specifics with any conversations with players, but have tremendous respect for the player and the person. What, what's the best case scenario? Um, I think honest communication is the best case scenario with all your players and understanding um, where you stand and not having, not being afraid to have open doors of communication and hearing where they feel and where we feel. It was a great follow-up question. It was a great – there weren't many good questions yesterday, and there certainly weren't many good follow-up questions. That was a great follow-up question. And for me, his answer was disappointing. Not surprising, but disappointing. Because I think the clear answer, if you asked 100 Eagles fans – Uh-huh. What's the best-case scenario? 100 Eagles fans would tell you the best-case scenario is that Hassan Reddick and the Eagles agree to a deal, and he's here for the next couple of years. That's the best-case scenario. Now, Howie Roseman doesn't want to say that because he doesn't you know, want to have to commit to that concept and doesn't want to have to feel emboldened to give Reddick more money than he wants to give him. Let's remember this is a standoff in a negotiation, hence why the guy likely, I think likely, possibly, I'll say likely, will get traded. John, what did you make of how how we handled that? It did not infuse me with confidence that Reddick is likely to be back. No, it sounds like it's uh, have your cake uh, if you're the Eagles and eat it to the open lines of communication yeah. would be Hassan comes and tells us what is available to him deal-wise out there, and it's likely that's not going to fit into our budget. You know, we are over here having to rebuild half the defense it's just a luxury, despite the fact that we love him and we love everything he's brought to this team. He doesn't fit our, you know, our itinerary for this team. Yeah, their, vi- their vision of cap management. Right. It's, it's a shame. Because, and, and maybe, who knows? And maybe, just maybe, the possibility exists that the market will be soft for Hassan Reddick, but the odds are terrible that the odds will be soft I for agree. an edge rusher who's got double-digit sacks for three years running. It's likely that other teams will snatch him up. That some other teams have a lot of money. They uh, sure too. do. McLean and, said this morning in the Inquirer that several teams have already contacted the Eagles. Well, obviously, sure. yeah. I mean, an which is not rusher, surprising. Yeah, yeah. Get 
paid. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, look, we'll we'll take your interpretation of what you just heard there and what you make of it, how Howie answered that question and how you read it, 215-592-9494. Let's also get to today's Twitter poll question of the day, a Phillies-related question. is brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Routine maintenance to major repairs. Armin Chevrolet's service team is there to help. Certified service. Visit ArminChevy.com. All right, this is something we got about a month uh, to discuss before the start of the season. My guess is we'll discuss it many times during the season. We have discussed it many times in the last couple of seasons. Who should bat leadoff for the Phillies this season? Now, three choices. We've put them in alphabetical order. They are obviously the three names you know we'd put in here. A, Kyle Schwerber. He's done it the most the last two years. B, Bryson Stott. C, Trey Turner. How do you size up? How? And remember, it's not just as simple as this guy's the best player or maybe even the best leadoff hitter. It's then how you construct your lineup thereafter. Like, I, I will tell you this. I'm inclined to say Trey Turner. But I don't want Bryce Harper to bat four. I do want him to bat three. I don't want him to bat two, and I do want to split the righties and lefties up. So it gets a little gets a little complicated there. So um, how do you assess Schwerber, Stott, and Trey Turner for who should bat leadoff? You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. Certainly you can weigh in on the phone lines as well. Ruben Amaro will be with us speaking of the Phils and everything going on in Philadelphia sports, including Howie trying to bounce back, obviously, from a year when the Eagles went down. Uh, Ruben's perspective on that. We'll get to we'll get to Rube coming up in in about 15 minutes. Let's get to Alex right now. Alex, you're on WIP. Hey, good morning, fellas. What's up, Alex? Hey, long time listener, first time caller. Um, Thank you. I, I just John John, uh, John I, I I got a a movie quote for you. Mm-hmm. You can't handle the truth. Uh-oh. You just can't handle it. I can't. The, the truth the, the truth is they just weren't good enough last year. They didn't have the players. The coaching mm-hmm. was sucking. And yeah. they just weren't good enough. And they, they, this time right now is for them to rebuild, to know where they were weak at, to get this thing built and, and get, it, get, get it going again because they can do it. They have the pieces, the, the veteran pieces intact. They just need to get – and another thing, like this, these cowards, and I'm going to call them cowards, that keep on leaking out information to McLean and whoever else, if you can't put your name to something – then it's just a rumor. It's just a rumor. And, and, and I put no validity to it because these guys don't put their name to it. Like, I, I do. I do. If you're, you're, you're going to be a cancer, then get them the hell out of this team well, because we don't need that in this team. Listen, I think, don't need that. I think your second point, Alex, is a really interesting and pretty damn good one. So two different issues there. I do put validity in what gets said anonymously that gets reported by notable Philadelphia reporters. So I, I don't dismiss – the concept that there are some unhappy players in that locker room, I believe that. But I think your second point is one that we will find out in March and April. If there are some guys that are gone that you wouldn't think normally would be gone, but maybe the Eagles do view some players, to use the term you said, as a cancer that need to be extracted from the body of the Philadelphia Eagles organization. That's possible. Because there have been, Alex, you know, there have been a lot of guys, even if it's anonymous, that have talked, you know, out of school. There's no doubt about it. But uh, see, and that and that is the problem because that is why the culture is is, is falling apart because we never had that. We ne- they never did that. And, 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 and as far as Jalen being the leader, I remember the Super Bowl year. I watched the videos where they were in the locker room and this guy stood up there and talked to the team. And I I remember how it was. And I know we can be that again. I'm hopeful. 
I know this is my team, and I love the Eagles. I know they can be that again. They just got to get rid of these cancers. Everybody got to be on the same page. The coaching got to have some balls to call the plays and to do, be aggressive the way they need to be aggressive, and we can be there, man. We're right there. We just got to get this thing cleaned Alex, up. Alex, let me ask you a question. Have you gotten a compliment yet today? Uh, no, I did not. All right, I know it's early in the day. We're only six hours and 49 minutes anyway. Most people probably haven't gotten a compliment yet. Let me give you a compliment. You are a great caller, and I need oh, you to call you. our show more often. I'm serious. I will. Thanks, I buddy. Will. Alex, good stuff, All man. Right. Good stuff. Hey, when you call in today, you can uh, win a really cool prize, a pair of tickets to see Santana with Counting Crows at the Freedom Mortgage Pavilion. This is a concert happening early summer, June 21st. Matter of fact, technically, John, isn't that the start of the summer? I mean, technically. Maybe. Yeah. The no, vernal literally. equinox. June yeah. 20, yeah, June 21. No, I always consider it Memorial Day, but, you know, all right. June 21. Counting Crows, Santana, uh, tickets on sale at Ticketmaster.com to purchase them. You can also win them here today. And, Seltzer, you had an in- intriguing thought for a question today related to, because you were watching Pulp Fiction recently. I was. And you said the wolf's entrance is all it, time. It's a great entrance. Uh, the yeah. phone call, the wolf's come, and he walks in, he puts his hand out, he's like, I'm Winston Wolf, and I solve problems. So great, man. Look, here's the deal. We're going to take that concept and brought in and out to all movie history to ask you this question. The best entrance in a movie, meaning like opening scene, first, like, they boom, first 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds of a character the first time he appears in a movie. Like, this is it. This is the director saying, this is that guy, or this is that gal. This is who they are, what they represent. Might be a badass, might be something else. All right, John, when you think of a great in- intro for a character at everyone, at 215-592-9494, the best answer to this, and by the way, I think there are two that stand out for me as winning answers from the same movie. I think they are wow. so Mount Rushmore. I think they are beyond Mount Rushmore from the same movie. I will certainly not say those two. We'll see if anyone gets them in the next three hours. John, when you think of a great intro for a character, what hits you? This was one that I could never vote against. Trinity at the beginning of The Matrix. Remember, none of us even knew what was happening. Like, those previews were kept so tight-lipped, if if you will. Like, no one knew The Matrix. We'd never seen anyone manipulate The Matrix. We meet Trinity, and she's running all upside down, all over the walls, doing crazy stuff that we never imagined before. Holy cow, she's sideways, like, off the ground? What? I mean, it was uh, awesome know, the kind answer. of thing where everyone in the, in the movie theater was standing up together, clapping, remarking. It's just an amazing moment. We're going to get some great answers here today. Devin, give me an answer for a great intro, a character entrance in the movie. Uh, I'm going to go with Captain Jack Sparrow, his entrance into <laughs> the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. He's, like, drunk on the ship as it's sinking, and then he just hops off onto the dock. Uh Still, I think one of the best characters in, in movie history. He's great. It's a great movie. It really is. Seltzer, when you think of an intro for a character, what hits you? Yeah, my guy comes in and for five minutes just goes nuts. I can't even repeat most of the lines. Mm. I'll give you one. Uh, you're so ugly you could be a modern mar- uh, modern art masterpiece. Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, when he comes in and just goes off on all of them, Gomer Pyle, the whole thing, walking around the room, unbelievable. There are so many answers that are going to be so notable here today. Again, I'm telling you, I think I've got two. 
that absolutely could win from the same movie. I'm going to hold off entirely. Rhea, give me an answer for an intro that grabs you. Well, Devin and I were actually think great minds think alike. I had the Captain Jack uh, Sparrow. No way, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, because what I love about it is it's it's exactly what he is right. in the whole movie. Right. He's cocky. He's funny. He's irreverent. And his dinghy is sinking in the very first scene. Yep. So that was that was the one I had. I All had right. the same one. Give us. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 